Hi and welcome back to India on 99.94, your home of Indian cricket content on the web uh, via your podcast feed, via YouTube and via the 99.94 app. I'm your host Nikesh Raghani, BBC and SEN cricket commentator alongside Sara Waris of Wisden. And Sara, we sit here shortly after India, well not shortly after they've qualified, but shortly after they've topped the group. Uh, and made it through to the semi-finals as group winners. Um, it's been a bit of a weird day, hasn't it? Let's shall we start before the India match? Just, just what the hell happened in the Netherlands versus South Africa? I mean, the permutations going into today's match is basically South Africa win and India win, and they're through to the semis. I mean, India basically could have gone through even if the match was rained off. They just needed the one point. South Africa needed that victory. And because South Africa ended up with that shock defeat to the Netherlands, uh, it put Pakistan right back in the in the mix with uh, making the semi-finals. And uh, all they had to do was beat Bangladesh, and they did so. And and it's India and Pakistan. Pakistan back from the dead, uh, finishing second in the group. I mean, it's been a crazy day, hasn't it? Just Pakistan things. You know, you don't expect them to... Like, they were ruled out. You don't expect them to go forward. And then it's just Pakistan things. I don't think any other team could be as an unpredictable as they are. Like, even on the field, off the field. Like, there's so much of um, chatter around the Pakistan team. And uh, I was actually sleeping. I had a very bad headache and uh, throughout the day. So, I didn't watch either of those two matches. And when I woke up just minutes before the... Uh, India match, I was like, okay, uh, uh, South Africa must have qualified. And then suddenly I saw, you know, my WhatsApp messages just blowing up. Uh, Pakistan have qualified. And I was like, what What happened? And uh, yeah, it's just bizarre. And, you know, it's just all 2011 vibes again. I don't know if you've uh, heard about that Oreo campaign where MS Dhoni launched Oreo biscuits because uh, Oreo was launched in 2011 and it was the year when India went went on to win the World Cup, uh, the 50-over World Cup. So, you know, just to get that back, uh, Oreo asked Dhoni to relaunch the Oreo biscuits, you know, something like... And the tagline was, you know, a a repeat of 2011 or something like that. And it's almost going according to uh, plan, you know, India have lost to South Africa uh, in this year. They lost to South Africa in 2011. Ireland defeated England and, you know, just hopefully. Did yeah. I just want to wind that back. Oreos only came to India in 2011. Is yeah. that right? Yeah. Wow. In you guys have yeah. missed out, man. <laughs> I mean, I, I first had Oreos when I went to the US as a kid and they weren't available in the UK when I got back home until... I mean, we, we've had them for probably like 20 years now, but yeah, 2011. Wow. Yeah. Okay. Um, Oreos. Oreos, uh, one of my favourites. But um, yeah, it's. I mean, it's got 2011 vibes for India. It's got 92 vibes for Pakistan in Australia as well, just coming back from the dead. And they're going to face New Zealand now in a knockout, just like they did in the quarterfinal when they made it through um in in that world uh, no it was semi-final then as well wasn't it in that 92 world cup and Inzamamul Hutt played that brilliant innings and and the rest is history really they got through to the final the cornered tigers Imran Khan's men and and created history down there so look we're hoping that doesn't happen um, but just let, let's 
you know, focus on India's match, then we'll discuss the semi-finals briefly later on. We'll have, we'll have a proper look at the semi-finals and a preview a little bit later in the week as well. But it was Zimbabwe who have beaten Pakistan. This is not the same Zimbabwe that we've seen probably in the last decade or so where they've not kind of been at their best, um, probably the last 15, 17 years, they've not really competed on that world stage. I mean, they had a very good side before that with the two Flower Brothers and Alonga and Mbangwa and all these guys. You know, they they had a really solid team back in those days. Um, they've got one or two who could cause problems, Sikandar Raza being one of them, uh, you know, world-class player on his day as well. And and just as a team, their whole bowling unit, really, they, they're very miserly. They don't give away many runs. So it was a potential banana skin. But India knew coming into this match that they had qualified. Come what may, they were through to the semifinals because South Africa had lost to the Netherlands. And then, obviously, Pakistan going to the top of the group briefly uh, with that game extra that they played, uh, beating Bangladesh. So India knew whatever happens, worst-case scenario... They'll finish second. They'll get through to the semis, which is a hell of a lot better than last time, uh, last year in the UAE. Um, so a little bit less pressure. Um, but Roy Sharma again winning the toss, again choosing to have a bat first. And look, things went okay in the power play uh, overall. But that first over, that first nine deliveries were dots, weren't they? I mean, that was, <laughs> you can't afford to do that in the semifinals, can you? And I know Kale Rahul ate up a lot of them and then he came back and did what he does. But... Rohit, I mean, he was looking to force things once again. Was that because the pressure was put on him with all the dot balls that KL ate up early on? Again, it was just a small passage in the game. And overall, the innings was brilliant. Surya was brilliant. We'll come on to that in a minute. But it's just annoying, isn't it? It just keeps happening time and time again. The the intent, the intent. We're going to play this way. We're going to be attacking. We've not seen any of that in, in the entire World Cup. There was this very, uh, there was a tweet, there were many tweets which I saw, you know, if KL Rahul is taking strike first up, India technically have just 19 overs to play because the first over is more often than not a maiden over in this World Cup. And again, you know, if it's not working for India, why is in Rohit taking strike first up? Uh, I don't understand that. And yeah, um, KL Rahul did manage to score a 50 but, you know, it's these slow starts. Often in big games, you won't be able to recover from there no matter how much uh, Surya Kumar or Hardik Pandya, even the middle order, no matter how much uh, they do, it is going to cost you. And especially, you know, in the semi-final against uh, England, England our team, you know, who just, uh, just bat aggressively right from uh, the very start, even against uh, yesterday, they, they had the match. And they, you know, just... Um, the openers just set a very aggressive start for them. And in contrast, you know, there's KL Rahul and Rohit Sharma. They scored 27 in four overs today. Uh, not the worst, but, you know, not, uh, you know, just go out there, start with intent and show that you are here to um, just take on the bowlers and not play catch up till the very end. And about Rohit Sharma, just that, you know, he... He seems to be lacking that extra millisecond. There was this interview of uh, Kohli, Virat Kohli in 2000, uh, 2017, Breakfast with Champions. So he was telling Gaurav Kapoor that, you know, Rohit Sharma just has that um, extra 1.5 um, milliseconds to, you know, 
gauge what the bowler is going to do just uh, pick out the nuances from the bowler's hand uh, hand and just get in position and go after the bowling and he seems so hurried against pacers especially in this uh, entire world cup uh, and even today like uh, he went after a short ball didn't time it very well he couldn't get under it and um i i don't think it's just out of form for him now i think you know it's just a matter of his reflexes slowing down in the format and i would be very surprised if he you know goes on to play um uh longer than this T20 World Cup. Yeah, so so would I. I mean, look, he's getting on in age anyway. Next one, the T20 World Cup is uh, in 2024. Um it's a couple of years away. Will he be around? Who who knows? He might have given up playing all forms of cricket by then. Hopefully he not, you know, hopefully we can still see him in in test cricket, in ODI cricket, in the IPL, um doing what he does, but yeah, as far as T20 internationals go, it's it's touch and go, but look, he, like we've said before, he's he's not going to be dropping himself or anything like that. So he's going to be playing in that semi final. And you're right, they they cannot afford a start like that against England because England are a solid side. We've not seen the best of England. I don't think we've had the opportunity really because they had the one match rained off. The match against Ireland was eventually rained off, but with a result in favour of Ireland. But I think had that match gone the full 20 overs, England were in a position to win that one as well. So, you know, slightly harshly done in terms of the points in that group, but they made it through. They thumped New Zealand, which I think was a significant result as well. And um, they they probably looked like the strongest side left in the competition. So, I mean, would India have wanted to face them? Who knows? I mean, you, you've got to face the best in the semi-finals, haven't you? They've, they never win against New Zealand in ICC <laughs> tournaments. England are the strongest side, so you know neither one is an ideal scenario. Um, but look, the middle order once again came to to the rescue a little bit. Kohli slowed down towards the end of his innings. Actually, twenty six from twenty five looked very good early on, and then uh, was a little bit more watchful with uh, Surikumar. At the other end, just just doing sky things, and I'm running out of words yeah. to describe this guy because he is he's from a different planet. The fact that he strikes at over 200 is one thing. Generally, I mean 244 today, by the way, 61 not out of just 25 balls. But the fact he's consistently been striking at over 200 for 18 months in international cricket is mind-boggling. I mean, how the hell was he not number one? Months ago, it's just How didn't crazy. Play for India before? Absolutely, yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, it's taken him a long time to get himself into this Indian setup. He's had to fight his way there. He's eventually made it, and and it's a great story, isn't it? Because everything with him is against the odds. Because mm-hmm. he would have grown up in Mumbai, playing on Shivaji Park and in the medans there, and you know the Bombay batting school is very technical. They've produced some of the best players the world has ever seen, by the way. So it's not like they're doing anything wrong. But in this modern day and age with T20 cricket, he was still told time and time again that you can't be playing all these stupid shots. You've got to play with a straight bat. You've got to play the ball along the ground. All all the usual, almost like the MCC coaching manual. Do you know what I mean? They're, They're very old school there, some of these coaches. And the fact that he had to fight his way through that system first and foremost, then made it into the Bombay uh, or Mumbai as it is now, the the academy. 
um, played for the Mumbai age groups. And again, you know, the coaching in the Mumbai Cricket Association is very similar, you know, very technical. Um, so just had to fight his way through all of that. Eventually just did his talking with the bat. Volume of runs, I suppose, is is worth its weight in gold and, and answers all those uh, doubters uh, with with uh, you know with glee and um he's there doing his thing now for india again had to fight his way performed in the ipl but wasn't sort of one of the in crowd with with the old regime um so had to wait his turn eventually made it and wow he's he's making it count that's for sure i mean what a player what a player yeah. he's he's almost challenging himself now yeah. it's like you know how how high can I set this bar for myself? How 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 can I wow myself uh, by these shots that I play? It's just unbelievable. That's exactly you know that's exactly a point that I also had in mind. You know, every time he goes or uh, goes out to bat every day, he's like, okay, new challenge. What how how can I challenge myself today? Uh, what can I do today? Because it's just becoming uh, monotonous for him. Before the World Cup started, there were people who were like, he's not a big match player. He had a couple of failures against Pakistan. Uh, I think the, just those two matches were enough to for people to say that you know he's not a big batch player, he's just a flat track bully or, you know, whatever, all those words. And he's just silenced them, like, yeah, no adjectives for him. And, you know, it's just that he's so nonchalant and just, you know, chewing his gum and just uh, with, the, with the sword, you know, on his um, uh, sword as in, like, the bat uh, on his shoulder and just, you know, looking around, okay, where the fielders are and he knows exactly where the fielders are and he just won't uh, hit the ball there. He just, he he gets into position in time and there was this wonderful six today um, ball, uh, I think in the last over, um, bowled in the fifth stump line and he was, uh, he moved his front foot towards the line and, you know, just got under the ball and just flicked it for a six, like, so effortlessly. Even Ian Bishop on, on commentary was like, wow, like, uh, where was he before? The only question to ask is, uh, why didn't he play for India before? Uh, like, do you think he's up amongst the very best already? Like, you know, the A.B. De Villiers, Russells, Warners, you know, all these kind of... Uh, big hit um, the aggressors obviously it's unfair to compare he's just pretty new uh, you can say uh, but I think he's already one of the best uh, in Indian cricket I was just looking at some stats and for numbers 4 to 7 no other player has had a strike rate better than his 186 like no other player no filters attached nothing uh, and among players who have played at least 10 T20Is the highest that anyone has managed the highest strike rate anyone has managed is a strike rate of 148 uh, Dinesh Karthik has a strike rate of 148 uh, so you know just being able to do that consistently average in the 40s and scoring runs and uh, yeah do you think like he's already amongst the best in the world because he is one of the best in Indian cricket I would say. See at the moment the way he's playing now I don't think many in the history of T20 cricket have played better. The only sort of caveat you'd put in there is there are players who have played almost as well for a very long period of time. And that, that I suppose, uh, 
is the difference. Look, you know what? We, we've got so much to say on Surika Mariyadev. Let's let's carry on the Sky Chat after this short break. You're listening to Cricket's Conversation on 99.94. Whatever your team, we have the show for you on podcast, YouTube, or on the 99.94 app. We have India, England, South Africa, West Indies, and now Sri Lanka covered. If you want to find us, the best way is to follow us on social media at 9994DM by downloading the 9994 app or Google 99.94 on podcast. We speak cricket. So back to Sky then. Uh, sky is the limit, whatever, all the, all these phrases that you want to use. I'll I, I tell you what I love, Sarah, that meme. I think it's, is it from Bahubali or something where they've got Kohli's face on one guy and he's carrying Surya Kumar on his shoulders with all his armour on and he's got the two bats, one in each hand, like as if they're the swords and he's going into battle and, and Kohli's sort of carrying on it, him on his shoulders. I, I love that. I've been seeing that on social media quite a bit and it it kind of just shows how well he's appreciated. I mean, even when Kohli's batting with him, you can see the awe that Kohli's in just looking at some of those shots that he plays, which Virat Kohli himself, you know, greatest of all time, couldn't do. Is there's there's just some things that that even this man can't do uh, that Sky is doing out there. Um, he's he's just as exciting as somebody like a Chris Gale or an AB de Villiers or you know all these guys, Andre Russell at their peak, but they've done it for a longer period of time. You know, if you look at the likes of Gale and Russell, you know, World Cup winners. Uh, as well, A.B. de Villiers, I mean, absolute phenomenon, you know, the Mr. 360. And it was interesting. Um, we obviously don't get the Star Sports feed over here. We get the Sky Sports feed but it and the, and the world feed generally. So we don't get like the Hindi interviews and stuff. But Sky was giving an interview to Star. I saw the quote and they sort of bigged him up about being this 360 player. And he just is very humble. He said, look, there's only one Mr. 360, that's A.B. de Villiers, and I'm just trying to emulate him as much as I can. So there's there's that respect, obviously, for the greats of this format and the greats of white ball cricket. He's not there yet. Will he ever get there? Who knows? You know, I mean, 20 years down the line, people might internationally, you know, fans from all around the world and journalists might look at him and think he just didn't have a long enough international career to be judged in the same bracket as them. But at the moment, the way he has played in the last 12 to 18 months in this format, nobody or not many people have ever played T20 cricket as well with the bat. So that that's probably the highest compliment you could give him, right? Yeah. Uh, and just one more thing, you know, about how India struggles in T20Is um, over the years. Obviously, we know that they struggled to crack the T20I code and the template, uh, adopted a more um, sedate approach, if you can use that term. Uh, I think it's always, you know, come down to the fact that they didn't have the biggest strikers um, lower down the order. You know, they didn't have that finisher, so to say. I just told you that... Uh, between numbers four to seven, the player with the highest strike rate, more than 10 T20Is, was Dinesh Karthik, 148. And Dinesh Karthik wasn't uh, regular in the uh, team for so many years as well. So, you know, India was always a very top-heavy unit where, with um, uh, 
Rohit Sharma's and Dhawan was there for a while. Now KL Rahul, Virat Kohli, uh, and it was almost like if they failed, then there was no no player lower down the order. So you know, j- uh, they are still kind of. Uh, playing with that approach all the talks about uh, india batting more in uh, with more intent up the order um hasn't really worked out in this world cup but you know the difference is the presence of surya kumar yadav even hardik pandya has his struggles against pace and he's not really except that pakistan not not really been able to uh, fire uh, but the the difference is just surya kumar uh, yadav and you know if he had been playing all year then you never know that you know indian cricket could have just gone to another level been more aggressive and uh, everything that rohit sharma wants they could have done that way earlier uh, and that's why you know just for him to come in so late and to not change his game at all just be like okay this is what has got me here this is what has uh, gotten me success and i will continue to do that and um yeah he also became only the second player in t20 t20 history to score 1000 runs uh, in a calendar year rizwan is uh, first he scored 1300 odd runs last year so uh yeah just you know how surya one person has almost you know changed the intent and uh, the aggressive approach of the indian middle uh, of the indian batting unit which is very encouraging and it's amazing when you think about it though because india yeah they were they were top heavy and and they, that was shown in the performances but then when you consider that for a very long period of time you had the likes of yuvraj singh ms dhoni Suresh Raina yeah. all in that sort of 4 5 unit and then sometimes even a Yusuf Patana you know they had some real power hitters in that lineup it just didn't really come off that consistently i mean uv when he came back after his his cancer treatment and stuff wasn't quite the same and got a lot of stick for that knock in the 2014 final and and that is when you needed somebody like asurakumar yadav just to change that momentum in those middle overs and towards the end and yeah you're right it's he's he's transformed this current side and it's it's brilliant to see and it was it was largely thanks to him pretty much single-handedly to to get india to that 186 for 5 today um so good total feeling confident at that stage and then <laughs> i mean off to the worst possible start was in barbwe wicket off the first ball and uh, you know there there were a couple of sort of periods where they 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 had a 50 partnership in they and there were a couple of periods where they looked like they're going to tee off but they were never really in the games in Zimbabwe and uh, eventually all out for 115 um more than two overs to spare for the Indians bowling Zimbabwe out there wickets were shared around nicely and um I suppose the only one question mark that I've got is Akshar Patel with the ball yeah. in Australia these conditions don't seem to suit his style of bowling he's not a turner of the ball i mean there's not that much assistance for turn anyway but he's not a wrist spinner so he's he's not got that mystery i suppose he just fires it in doesn't he and and on a good length most of the time towards the stumps fairly predictable and doesn't really mix up his pace too much he did for his wicket actually i thought he just held that one up a little bit slower um but generally doesn't mix up his pace that much hasn't really contributed with the bat either is his place up for grabs i mean one for 40 he didn't complete his four overs um got taken to the cleaners by a side 
that you would expect him to do well against in in most conditions, but it's just not working in Australia, is it? Yeah, and the fact that you know he's not had a lot of uh, bowling, um, like he's not bowled a lot in this tournament, also. And do you want he's bowled a one over in most of the matches? Do you want to go with someone who hasn't um, you know had uh, bowled? Uh, as much as we would have liked in the semi-finals. But then I think he's there in the team just for that batting strength. But yeah, you're right. He's not uh, done much with the bat. So, but then just who pick comes a batter in? then. Yeah, pick but then batter. who comes in? Um, I wasn't very happy with, you know, uh, dropping uh, DK today for Pant. I know we've spoken about it, but then Pant isn't the finisher. You know, uh, the best spot for him is somewhere in the top three, four or five and there's no place for him there. So, yeah, going forward in the semi-finals, would you probably want to see someone like uh, Chehel come in, especially considering that, you know, England uh, had their struggles against spinners um, in the last match especially. So, uh, would you go in with someone like Chehel in the semis? Yeah, you'd have to look at the conditions as well, I think. It yeah, depends it's in what... Adelaide, yeah. yeah, it's in Adelaide. Depends what the strip is like on the day. Um it's tempting, isn't it? It's tempting to go with Jahel. But then you look at that batting lineup. Who who's gonna bat at seven? Ashwin? Ashwin will have to bat at seven, right? Which he can, and he actually might give you more than Aksha Patel has given through the tournament. Um oh, then you're down to, you're, Yeah, but then Herschel with the ball. Yeah. It just I suppose the the only advantage you've got here is that we're talking about a potential sixth bowler. So even if Herschel does come in, then he doesn't have to bowl more than one or two overs, really. He doesn't have to bowl if everyone else is bowling well. But, you know, he doesn't have to bowl really more than one or two overs if things aren't going well. Um, so And he gives you the extra batting capability there at number eight, um, which could be an option. Um, but then Yuzi is is the attacking option. If, if you want to quieten down that England batting lineup, you just get your best bowlers in, don't you? And you don't give them opportunities to score. You look to take wickets. And that's what Jahel offers you. So interesting dilemma. Or do they risk, do you think they'd risk going in with five bowlers only? And Deepak Kuda, well, I mean, Deepak Kuda can bowl. So if they're going for that like for like, he's almost a like for like for Akshay Patel, isn't he? He could bowl you one or two overs. But he's a lot better. He's a lot better with the bat. But then again, he's not your, you know, finisher. So if again, the best place for him is in the top three, top four. He can't. Um, he can't go after bowling from ball one and um, have a strike rate of two hundred. You know, he can't score five. Uh, he can't score ten in five balls and all. He's not that kind of a player. So. Um, yeah, a lot of headaches for India. Uh, do you think they are the weakest side going into the semis? I know Pakistan, I'll but tell you Pakistan what. have yeah. their offs, and like you, you never know what Pakistan, what Pakistan will turn up on their day. So I don't think any anyone else apart from India fans and maybe Pakistan fans, you know, with a bit of tongue in cheek, would say that India are the weakest side. I don't think anyone would want to play India. From the outside, I think it's mainly India fans who might be a little bit negative about, oh, this didn't go right, that didn't go right. But look, it's been one of those World Cups. And I tell you what, let's let's look at all four sides briefly after this short break. If you love the language of cricket... 
and want more, then head over to the 99.94 app and you can hear all of our podcasts and cricket commentary. We're adding new shows all the time and covering cricket series from all over the world. Be the first to hear all of our announcements by following us on social media at 9994DM. Welcome to Cricket's Conversation. So down to the final four then. India, Pakistan, New Zealand, England. India versus England, New Zealand versus Pakistan. Um, you can't say any side is the weakest going into the um, semi-finals. I mean, Pakistan, you could argue, have had the hardest road to get there. But then you could say the momentum is with them because they've made that late charge and, and got into that top two spot. Um, so there's that. I mean, they're obviously very dangerous. Shaheen with four wickets um, in that final group game as well. So he's back to form. That's a massive threat for them because he's been off the boil and that has really affected them. You look at their batting lineup. I think their middle order is coming together really, really nicely. I think it's their top order, which... You know, it's, it's funny, isn't it? Because coming into the tournament is like, oh, so much depends on the top two. If they fail, then that's it. They're done. But actually, the top two have been failing and it's been the middle order bailing them out time and time again. Um, Barber looks in terrible form. Brilliant player, but in terrible form. I mean, he's not got the best strike rate in this form of the game anyway. Rizwan's not looked at his best. I've seen flashes here and there. And it's been the middle order. So they've got a strong middle order, I feel. If their top two can click in the next game against New Zealand, well, then you've got to put them right up there amongst, you know, they, they could they could go on and win this tournament quite easily um, with their bowling attack as well on these pitches. And you've got to remember how close it was in that India match as well, down to the final ball. If it wasn't for one of the greatest innings of all time from Virat Kohli, Pakistan would have easily won that match in the end. So fine margins, um, very good side, you know, all, all bases covered pretty much. They just need their top two to fire, I think, now. Um, New Zealand, brilliant bowling attack. You, how, how do you how do you look at New Zealand from, from the outside? I mean, they, they always go under the radar a little bit, don't they? Yeah. Because it's a small country. They don't make a lot of noise. They're fans. Um, but they always turn up, don't they, to these ICC events? And even their uh, spin, like Ish Sodi, Santnor, uh, they they have been doing well. Same for Pakistan also, you know, Nawaz and Shadab. Uh, we talk about their fast bowling, but the spinners have uh, been doing pretty well. Kane Williamson's form was, you know, a bit of a... Uh, it was under the scanner. He scored 40 and 40 in one of the matches. But then last, last game, he uh scored 60 odd in 30 35 deliveries i think so yeah he's been coming to form top order is pretty decent uh and with the new zealand yeah even before like up preview for uh the world cup we were like australia can make it but then we were like you know you can never count out new zealand so uh yeah it's I would personally, you know, maybe it's talking from past experience or whatever. I would have not wanted to face New Zealand in the semis. Um, England, um, they've not really turned up, yeah, as you said. But but they still, like, they seem a team that can be beaten on their, on their day. Um, it's just, you know, just, uh, yeah, spin, just strangle them with spin, I would say. And... Um, I wouldn't say it'll be an easy road for them, but uh, for India. But 
they do have their shortcomings even the pacers they hit the hard, uh, they are quick but then they've not really been consistent as much so it should be an exciting semi final yeah yeah i mean i think england you know look like the strongest side in the tournament so far um they've got a a good unit that has been together for so long uh, they've got the x factor with the extra pace of mark wood and not just the pace but the the accuracy that he's been bowling with as well he seems to be bowling better than he ever has really and then uh, you know adil rashid has only picked up the one wicket so far in this competition but has hardly given any runs as you know looked brilliant in their final group game as well and uh you know they've got three decent spinners if they want and that that's the difference right they've got batters who bowl india haven't had that for years yeah and that could you know it depends on the conditions obviously but if the wicket is taking turn then all of a sudden they've got rashid moen ali and liam livingston who could all potentially bowl 12 overs between them yeah. So that, and if, if it's not spinning, Livingston doesn't even have to bowl. Moen might just bowl one over. You've got Rashid and then you've got the three quicks as well. So it's Sam Curran's a brilliant cricketer as well. He's coming into great form. We all know about his exploits in the IPL and, and the, how much MS Dhoni loves him as well um, over in the IPL. So <laughs> Yeah, they've got a lot of threats, I think. Um, and it'd be interesting to see. Look, it's going to be Pakistan-New Zealand, the first semi-final on Wednesday. Um, so we'll know. I mean, it could. It's, it's crazy, isn't it? That before India even play their semi-final, Pakistan, yeah. who everyone was saying were knocked out after two games. I mean, yeah, there's maths and there's permutations, but it's just not going to happen, right? No one thought it would happen. Pakistan fans had given up as well, most of them. And Pakistan could potentially be in the final before India even play their semi-final. It's, it's just mad. Absolutely crazy tournament. It's been brilliant. I think overall, I would say this has been yeah. rain aside. I know the rain's been a little bit frustrating, but it's been probably the, the best T20 World Cup for the neutral because there's been so many close games. There's been, I don't know if we can call them upsets anymore, but there's been a few shock results. Uh, you know, Zimbabwe with, you know, famous victories. I mean, look, the other night, Afghanistan could have been Australia as well. That was pretty close. Um, so there's been some tasty stuff. Netherlands being South Africa, of course. Um, you know, Namibia. You know, I mean, there's there's just been some fabulous uh, results in the preliminary round in the, you know, the qualifiers uh, to get to the Super 12s and the Super 12s itself. Um, just been fantastic. Uh, would you agree with that? Best one yet? Yeah, best one yet. There have been so many close matches. We didn't know the... We knew the semi-final lineup, um, but we didn't know, you know, who would play what till the very last match. Uh, and just before we wrap up, I, I don't know if you followed, uh, like, you know, Pakistan cricket uh, Twitter in the last uh, few days. And, you know, their meltdown was just hilarious, you know, saying that, okay, this is cheating when uh, there was that uh, India-Bangladesh match, you know, this is cheating and uh, ICC equal, is equal to BCCI and all those. Like, it was hilarious to, you know, just see and then suddenly Pakistan come out of nowhere and, you know, all of them are just silenced now. So, um, I think it's the fans, you know, who make all these, uh, like, World Cups and events more special than what it already is. And, yeah, can we also just 
especially you know coming after the last T20 World Cup, which was quite dull, I would say, not because India lost in the first round, but you know just UAE the uh, games in UAE don't just have that aura or you know the charm. You know it's the World Cup or probably you know dull pitches, not a lot lot of crowds in. So you know after that coming to Australia, jam packed, eighty ninety thousand people, most of them Indian supporters, obviously. Uh, so you know this is this gives the proper World Cup feels, and you know especially this World Cup coming after the boring snooze fest of the World Cup that was last year is even more uh, exciting and entertaining. You know. Absolutely, yeah, and uh, I mean you say great crowds. I mean it's mainly thanks to India. Uh, on the whole and Pakistan as well because Australia can't even sell out stadiums when they're playing in a home World Cup which is a bit weird um, for for a country that's uh, you know massive cricket nation um, and defending champions I found that all a little bit strange but yeah it's great to see I mean India versus Zimbabwe for a Zimbabwe game doesn't matter if it's a World Cup or or whatever to get 82,000 yeah. people into the MCG is just brilliant. Absolutely fantastic. Um, and uh, yeah, we hope to see lots more Indian crowds uh, at games. Just just on that point, by the way, the Pakistani meltdown, it's not just fans, it's yeah. so-called journalists, so-called journalists with blue ticks, by the way, as well, who are just spouting absolute rubbish. I mean, I don't know where these people study journalism or do they even know the jef- definition of journalism it's just, yeah, I, I don't understand. I'm glad a few of them got called out um, by people like Harsha Bogle um, for just spouting nonsense. And, um, you know, for, for all the genuine fans out there, well done. This is, the, you know, this is the Pakistan we, we love to see, really. Just you never know what you're going to get. Um, dangerous on their day. They could beat anyone um, and they could lose to anyone as well. So, um, yeah, it's a roller coaster ride. For them, uh, so well done to Pakistan for for making the semi-finals, and uh, we look forward to those uh, final three matches of the tournament. Hopefully, India can be involved in uh, in more than just the one uh, and make it through to that final at the MCG. We'll preview the semi-final against England in more detail. That one takes place on Thursday, uh, so we'll be back in a couple of days with a preview ahead of that one. But for now, thanks very much for listening. Thanks for listening to India on 99.94, where we speak cricket every day. Please rate, review and subscribe wherever you enjoy your podcasts. You can download the 99.94 app and follow us on Twitter at Nikesh Rugani and at Swaris 16 Never miss out. Join our 24-7 conversation on social media and follow us at 9994DM. Cricket every day, your way. Hey there, and welcome to the Joy of Paddle podcast, hosted by me, Minter Dial, a veteran of the paddle tennis world, and sponsored by Paddle 1969. Whether you're a paddle tennis aficionado, just beginning, or have never even heard of paddle, or padel, as it's called in North America, this is an exhilarating new show that delves into the captivating stories of notable paddle personalities worldwide. In its inaugural season, you'll be treated to exclusive anecdotes, valuable tips, life lessons, and humorous moments shared by esteemed professional paddle players, industry insiders, and passionate paddle enthusiasts. With each season aligning with the Pro Tour, you can anticipate two engaging episodes per month. 
The Joy of Paddle podcast is part of the Evergreen Podcast Network, where you can find other great shows in a number of categories, such as sports, health and wellness, true crime, and fiction. To find out more about Evergreen Podcasts, go to www.evergreenpodcast.com. Vamos! Vamos! 